Oh, come, oh, come, come to the table. The feast is ready. Jesus often taught through parables, and many of these parables uh, involved a feast or a banquet and a guest list and excuses. We just saw a wonderful depiction of the parable of the wedding banquet. Our text from the Gospel of Luke today records the parable of the great banquet. Jesus is teaching his listeners about the kingdom of God. It was not what was expected. I'd invite you to stand as we pray and hear God's work. So please um, rise in body or spirit. Heavenly Father, your kingdom is among us. Open our eyes to see it, our ears to hear it, our hands to serve it. We ask in your son's name. Amen. A reading from Luke 14, verses 12 to 24. He also said to the man who invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your neighbors or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you will be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, a man once gave a banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled, blind and lame. And the servant said, sir, what you have commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of these men who were invited shall taste my banquet. The word of God for the people of God. And so we say, thanks be to God. Please be seated. Luke is recording a conversation between Jesus and a ruler of the Pharisees who had invited him to dine. The Pharisees were watching Jesus carefully. They wanted Jesus to disclose his view of those who are worthy to feast at the messianic banquet. 
they were expecting Jesus to give a discourse on keeping the law and personal righteousness. Instead, Jesus responds with the call to radical hospitality with a radical guest list. Jesus' guest list included the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Another translation describes this list as all who look like they need a square meal, all the misfits and homeless and wretched. The invited attendees on Jesus' guest list included those in need who could not bring anything to share, those unable to help themselves get to the table, and those who weren't able to even see the feast. Jesus was speaking of the vulnerable, the forgotten, the forgiven, the hidden. Those guests would not be able to repay you for inviting them. Jesus' guest list is in stark contrast to that of the Pharisee. Jesus tells them in verse 12, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that way will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Well, as soon as Jesus spoke these words about the resurrection of the righteous, one of the Pharisees at the table jumped on the topic of the feast of the kingdom of God. And from the context of the scripture and Jesus' response, it is clear that the tone of the one speaking was quite pious. But Jesus' response seems to go something like this. You want to talk about the kingdom? Okay, let's talk about the kingdom. And Jesus began telling the parable of the great banquet. So we're going to take a closer look at this parable. I'm going to begin with verses 16 to 20 again. This time, um, listen for the excuses that were given. A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I've got to go examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Three excuses. But each of these excuses would not have been acceptable in Jewish tradition. For in Jewish tradition, the first step in giving a banquet was to send an invitation, letting people know that preparations were being made. And then a second invitation would be given to say, now is the time for all is ready. Sort of like our uh, custom of save the date notices um, that are followed by a formal invitation with details. So in Jewish tradition, once this first invitation had been given, it was considered a grave insult to then make excuses when the time for the banquet had come. If we take a closer look at the three excuses, I have a field, 
I have five yoke of oxen, and I have married. None of these would have been acceptable excuses to not come to a banquet hosted by the master. But before I judge those who made the excuses too harshly, I must remember my own excuses, which caused me not to feast at the table prepared for me. When the master's invitation was met with excuses, the master was angered, but God did not waver from preparing the banquet. Grace was still extended to all who would receive. In response to being told that the invited guests were not coming, the master told the servant to go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. Here we see the first command or mandate of this parable, go out. The servant is told to widen the invitation, to go to the streets and lanes where one would expect to find the poor and the crippled and the blind and lame, those marginalized and even hidden. The streets and lanes, other translations, translations say the alley, conveyed the uh, socioeconomic position of the poor and disabled. The street was the broader, more traveled road where you would expect to find beggars who are poor and disabled. Alleys were often more hidden, off the path, and usually where the least of the least would be found. The servant had to go past the neighbors schools, and even the synagogues to find the disabled. This was a radical thought. The servant was told to go past the synagogues. The kingdom of God includes all those who accept the invitation to the banquet, Jews and Gentiles, the broken and outcast the marginalized. This extension of the kingdom to include the Gentiles is found throughout the Gospel of Luke and Acts. In fact, uh, Luke makes at least 32 references to messianic prophecies in his writings, many of which have to do with Christ's ministry to the Gentiles and to the broken and outcasts. Including the Gentiles was just as radical as including the broken and the outcasts. So with this expanded guest list, how is the servant to go? The master told the servant to go out quickly. There was a sense of urgency. There is no time to waste in inviting others to the banquet. Look again at verse 22. The servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. In compassion, the master sent the servant out again, this time to the highways and hedges. Highways and hedges were locations outside the city. Now that those inside the city had been gathered, his servant was to go outside the city where the untouchables would be living. In small shacks and dwellings, many segregated according to disability or disease. This time, not only was the servant to invite, but he was to compel people to come in. That's the second command in this parable, compel. The word compel means with pressing persuasion. 
It is an active, seeking out command. The master would not start the banquet until the poor, crippled, blind, and lame had been gathered and had a place at the table. When that command was followed, the father's house would be full. However, those in the comfort of their lifestyle and self-confidence who made excuses would in no way participate in the banquet. This is the judgment spoken of in verse 24. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. So what does this parable mean to you and to me? First, it teaches us of the grace of God to us. Who among us is not somehow either physically, emotionally, or spiritually poor, blind, lame, or crippled? We are all disabled by sin. So which of those adjectives describes you? In what way are you in need of the Savior's grace? Our king desires his house to be filled with celebration. Accept his grace and join in the celebration of new life, forgiveness, and restoration. Second, this parable teaches us that the grace of God is extended to others through us. It's important to note how Jesus first instructs the host using a personal pronoun. When you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. It's in Luke 14, 13. His first commission to us individually. If our lives are to reflect the kingdom of God, we must live our king's lifestyles, inclusive of those marginalized, including those with disabilities. It is also true that as a church, we are called to welcome others. We welcome others as Christ welcomed us. Jesus' commission or mandate in Luke 14 is to the church as a representative of God's kingdom. We are to extend the grace of welcome to people who cannot reciprocate because that is what God does for us. We are to be table setters. But before the table is set, we need a guest list. How can your, our guest list be the same as Jesus' guest list? Perhaps a good place to start is in your own home. What does your guest list look like? Who could you add to your list? How could we, as his body at Fourth and Downer, expand our guest list? Where do we begin to do that? Well, I think the answer is in these verses. Go and compel. We need to go beyond our church walls to see, to know, to listen to those in our community who are marginalized, vulnerable, and hidden. Compelling is more than inviting. There is intentionality and urgency to compelling. Compelling involves building friendship with others. 
there's a phrase in disability ministry, in fact, many ministries, which I think applies here. It says, not about us without us. Not about us without us. So do you have a friendship with someone of differing abilities, ages, or ethnicity than yourself? If not, ask the Lord to help you do that. Start with one person. To compel means to actually pursue, to seek out, to notice when people are missing. To compel means that people know we want them to be part of this community. They are indispensable. It is a welcome without condition, without a caveat. Last week, Pastor Jeff mentioned um, Dr. Eric Carter, who has identified 10 dimensions of belonging. These dimensions were, as they were expressed by individuals and families impacted by disability, as present, invited, welcomed, known, accepted, supported, cared for, befriended, needed, and loved. I think if we understood these dimensions, we would better understand what compelling and belonging looks like to those outside our church walls. We would experience the blessing Jesus describes at the end of this parable. The Father's house, including First Press, would be made full, complete. The family table will be filled with people of all abilities, ages, and ethnicities who have come to the place we all belong. Well, our church is blessed in many ways. As I studied these verses, my heart was filled with gratitude and celebration. I made a three-page list of all the ways you and we have and are doing and will do to go out quickly, inviting, compelling, and welcoming people of all abilities and ages to come to the family table. We are on this journey. We are answering the command, but we can do more. But here's a few things that we have done, and I celebrate them. Many of you faithfully pray at Planned Parenthood each month. You stand for the sanctity of life from conception to when the Lord calls us home. Most recently, you collected wheelchairs and other items to go to Kenya. We have an amazing Friendship Bible Club, and many of you participate each month. And even during this season of COVID, we've managed to meet together virtually. We have a Friends of Jenny's Sunday School class. There is a team of teachers and assistants, and we have children and teens with special needs who have found a welcome in our family ministry. Many of you have served as buddies during worship and Sunday school class to make that happen. And we have a disability ministry, a sensory room, a friendship room, and I get to serve as pastor of disability ministries. Many of you have served meals and helped with outreach events to group homes in our area. Well, I could list lots more, but most importantly, you are a congregation willing to enter into ministry that is at times messy, 
and inconvenient because you love the Lord and value each person created in his image. Thank you. I praise God for this congregation. But I know there's more we could do. Let's ask God to help us more and more reflect his kingdom. We should always be asking, how could we be more intentional about going out, welcoming, inviting, and even compelling people to come to the family table? Then, a very important question, once they have come, what steps can we take, do we need to take, so that each person fully belongs? That's why we're looking at these dimensions of belonging. We want to invite, say, come. But then, when people come, we want them, we want each one of us to feel that we have truly belong, that we can use our gifts in ministry and service to God's glory. Praise God for his welcome to us. May he use us to welcome others so that his house would be made full. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you for speaking to us through your word today. May these words spoken by Jesus guide our thoughts and actions as we seek to obey your commands to go quickly and compel others to come in. Thank you that through your son Jesus Christ we know your grace, your love and mercy. Holy Spirit, open our eyes and hearts. Show us how to lovingly set the table and invite others to know the plans and purposes you have for their lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.